Amen. Glory, hallelujah. Praise the Lord this morning, everybody. Jesus, I said Jesus is alive and well. Amen. We don't serve a dead God. We serve a living God. Amen. His name is Jehovah Jireh. In the Greek, his name is Hebrews, rather, is Jehovah our Savior. And we always shall remember that. Amen. You heard all the announcements that was made this morning. Amen. And I trust that you're looking forward to it. Upcoming events. Amen. The assistant will announce them as he does always. Amen. Hallelujah. I'd like to ask you a question this morning. Do you know Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior? That is a very important thing that we should know. I like you with your Bible. Amen. I said with your Bible. I, amen. Everybody got one of these? Amen. Somebody said, you say that all the time. Yes, I do. I like to see Bibles in people's hands. I like to see them reading it because if I have nothing wrong with a phone, but I do have a little bit of when you go off in church and stuff. Amen. But, you know, if you look at the Scripture very closely, the Apostle Paul says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed but rightfully dividing the word of truth. There's a lot of people that they consider, now I'm going to say it, they consider themselves a judge of churches and people, individuals. I am not a judge of churches. I know churches that are not churches, but I am not judging any particular individual. God didn't call me to do that. He called me to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen. I said Him crucified on a cross. Amen. I'd like you to turn with me this morning just for a few moments. Hello. To the book of Luke. That'd be the New Testament, the third book. Amen. It'd be just before for the book of John. I remember a time that <laughs> if you asked me to do that, I probably would have had to look in the corner and see what picture was located on. But once you get saved and you start knowing that Jesus Christ is the only answer and the true answer, the Word of God. Amen. In Luke chapter 18, we're going to look at verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that man ought to always pray. I see a lot of prayer going on, and I appreciate looking at different churches praying. I do appreciate that. Churches, we need to pray. Men are to pray rather than think. Amen. We get a little tired and say our prayer is just not really working and I'll get any place. But I'd like you for a moment just look at who made this statement. Can anybody tell me? Well, it goes quite. It says, and he, in my Bible, my little New Testament here, 
I, I have wrote just up above it, He, I wrote Jesus. So I know Jesus is doing the talking here. Amen. And He's talking to His disciples. They follow Him. And they have asked Him a lot of questions during this time of following Jesus. I know when the Lord soul, I said when the Lord saved my soul, I would ask Reverend Leroy Young, what about this and what about that? And he would look at me and he would tell me, you know, he said that and on. And I listened to other people talk about it. And I would read it and I would look at it. But then I discovered a lot of people, they have a lot of different definitions of what they think a prayer is. You only pray when you need something. You only pray if you've got a loved one that's sick. You only pray when you're out of work and you need to find a job. Amen? Hello? So we do pray through all of life. I don't care who you are. At one time or the other, you do pray. You might not be saved, but you will pray. You say, well, Lord, oh, God, help me find a job. Help me find a job. And you walk the streets and you look for it, you can. Well, you ought to pray. When you have a work and you're listening to somebody and somebody said, Darling, are you praying? And I look at them and I said, No, I'm not praying at all. You don't believe in prayer? Oh, I believe in prayer. When the Lord moved me, I pray because God told me to pray. But do you have a purpose for prayer? Or are you just praying random? Just I have been in churches, amen, at one time at Southern Baptist, amen. Hello, hello. We're going, and I listen to all those men. We just gather around in a circle. We'll pray. He would start out praying, he would start out praying, he would start out praying. When it comes to my turn, then I would pray. But everybody try to outpray each other. And when you start doing that, your prayers don't probably come to answer at all. So it made the statement plain, a parable. Jesus is talking about a parable, verse 18. Men unto them, to this end. What, what end? You ever thought about that? What end? I know I was in the hospital once, and I wasn't sick. <laughs> My wife was, but she's with Jesus now. And I did a lot of praying. I watch other people. I watch people that was Muslims come in, and I watch them pray. And they're not saved. They're just plain saved. They're, they're not saved, period. But I would watch what they would do. They'd take out and lay a little rug down. They call a red rug, a prayer rug, rather. And they would stand on that rug, and they would pray, and I'd watch them. And it's sort of like if you watch the rabbi, the rabbi, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you watch the Muslim, and mm -hmm. see, everybody has a way that they think that you pray. I was sitting there, and I was praying. I was praying to myself, I was praying to God. I needed an answer. 
to this end. This is a bad situation. And then I would stop and I said to myself, I said, God, I can't do nothing. I have come to you and I've asked in prayer to this end. And I turn it over to you now. There come a time that you got to turn it over. Hello? I said you got to turn it over. You remember the Bible talks about the book of Mark, the 11th chapter. Now, I'm, I would like to listen to Kennedy Hagan. Uh, he was a great man of God. He prayed a lot. Amen. He believed God. Amen. He used this verse here to get more or less what he wanted. And he come up with faith. The Bible said we always have. Jesus said when he comes back, and it's not for the church, it's after the church had been raptured, would he find faith. During the tribulation period, there wouldn't be much faith around him because if you had some kind of faith and you vocalize your said, well, I'm not going to take a mark. Amen. You know, well, one time that I, I I was standing there as a little boy. I was thinking to my, all my buddies and stuff at school that were taking Indian ink and tattooing their stuff. And I was looking at it, and I was thinking, they said, you want to be a, a, a tattoo, everything? I said, no, I don't want no tattoo. When the Lord saved my soul, and I started reading this Bible. Hello. I said, I started reading this Bible. I was reading it, and... And studying the Bible, so then in Revelation I came to it, it talked about people wouldn't. And that time, people that went into trouble, you're going to learn to pray. I said, you're going to learn to pray. To that end, you will learn to pray. But there won't be very many people make it through the tribulation. So if you think you have a guarantee of going through the tribulation, if you can't go to church now, what make you think you could go to church there? Because when you went there, you couldn't buy nothing, couldn't sell nothing. You had to have a mark either in your hand or on your forehead. Then I remember I watched a fighter once. They call him Mike Tyson. He was a pretty good boxer. Amen. And you see, you watch boxing? Oh, yeah, I watch boxing. You don't see too much boxing really today. But then he got defeated, and then all of a sudden... He tapped to his face, and I see people out in the world that had tattoos upon them. And I used to think, well, who in the world is going to have a number tattooed on the top of their head, 666? Who's going to have that number or the name on their hand? Well, I look at it now, and I've watched some football games, baseball games, and they stand up, they all tattoo. I was watching a football game just the other day, you probably remember, and the guy was tattooed all over his whole body, and everybody had coats on, and he's standing there, chest free, showing all his evil character. I do have a question to ask. Christians should not get tattooed. You don't march up your Bible. That's the temple of God. So Jesus is praying that you shouldn't do. Now, 
I had a good example. I went on a fast once, prayed and everything, and God worked and God, God answered. So are you praying to that end that you come to the end of your prayer and you put it all in Jesus' hand? That end. That men ought always to pray and not faint. You know, when you look at that word faint, you think, boom, going on the floor. No, no, no. Another good another word for it I would use, don't give up. Hello? Don't give up. Jesus talked about this a lot. He said there was a man, and he had a visitor come, knocked on his door, he said, I need some bread. Could you give me some bread? The man said, I can't. I'm in bed. Well, that man kept coming, knocking, and kept asking to that end in prayer. And finally, that guy said, not because he was a friend, because he persisted, he was given that back. Jesus is instructing us, we are to pray. That's just something we should do. Pray. We pray for the lost people. And don't give up. Keep on knocking until the door opens. We'll get an answer. Church, your means of getting something from God is prayer. And I say that. I'll say this again. Prayer is talking to God, is not screaming, it's not yelling, it's getting to a place that you talk to your Heavenly Father. So we shouldn't faint. It's not easy. First pray once or twice and then give up. In verse 2 it says, saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in it. Now, I, I preached on this last week. I'm recapping to keep somebody think, well, we're going to hear the same sermon over again. No. They're talking about it. Jesus is talking persistence about it. And when you pray, you got to have persistence. The woman finally got it, what she wanted from the judge. And then in verse 9, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted. In themselves, now you, you got to get it. Who are they trusting? Jesus is talking in this here one. You realize if you look at in your Bible and you're looking at it, and you would think about those who trust in themselves. I had a boss once, and if you listen to him, he was the source of 
everything. He trusted in himself that he was somebody. And he told everybody he was somebody. You see, he trusted in himself. He didn't believe in anybody else to help. And he definitely didn't believe in God. He felt he didn't need God. He felt that he was complete in himself. You ever meet anybody like that? When you meet them, they know everything. Well, somebody said, I hadn't met too many people. I remember a long time ago now, the man dead, and he probably, he's in, in, you know, we're down because he was, he was a big, he was a millionaire, real big. Amen. Howard Hughes. He, I mean, he was a self-made man. He run a multi-million dollar business. He'd get on a plane and somebody do something. He'd just fly off, go someplace else. Self-efficient. Well, the Bible addresses that quite often because I was looking at 1 Corinthians and chapter 8 and verse 2. If any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. So if you meet somebody like that, sooner or later it comes, you can't. Again, it said in Second, First Corinthians, other ten, twelve. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he stand, take heed lest he fall. I've seen men and women of God. They thought better than anybody else. Look at them, you think, oh, these people are really so, and then. Out of the blue, boom, they fell. I said they fell. They did something. They didn't think they would do that, but they did. And that question was done. Those who are self-righteous, what they are, self-righteous. I used to watch people in church. And I look at them, and I could find see somebody. They're better than everybody else. You ever have that experience? When I look at them, I think, you know, why do you think that you're better and you're self-righteous and everything? And you're, I, I talked to them. You used to go to this church, and I said something to him. He said, "Oh." I know everything. God works with me. Anything I ask, God gives me. And he went on and on. And I just stood there and I turned around and walked off. And this is what I thought. He's being evicted from the house. He lost all his cars. Take heed lest you fall. Well, he's too busy judging everybody else. But then when he fell... He felt that nobody had any love for him or help him or anything else. Sometimes you think you can do it yourself and you don't need nobody else. And then you look at certain people. They have a guilt complex. You know what I mean? Just a guilt complex. And so they get in their mind 
And they get in their mind that they want to serve God, but they don't want to be get saved. They don't want to go to church, be around a bunch of hypocrites, you know, and I hear that. Well, you're a hypocrite outside of church, so why are you worried? My will come on here. There are going to always be a few people in a church that does not live up to the standard that they profess. Hello? I said, hello? Don't shut me down because I'm preaching good. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, when you, when you get in somebody's garden and you start to dig around the root of the tree and see whether there's any good or not, and you start to discover there's a lot of that are not good. Have you met people like this? I was working at a, a college and I got sick because I worked out in the rain. And working out in the rain, you can get sick and cold and everything else and have to make sure everything running right, you operating right. So people do want to live right. And they think if they can do this kind of work, or they'll go to church, they'll move along, they'll sweep the floor, they'll do all kind of works because they're trying to earn the favor of God. I said they're trying to earn the favor of God. They look at it. They operate. They think this happens. You cannot walk around, mow the lawn. That's not going to get you any place, not in God's book. Well, what do you think about it, preacher? Well, I'll tell you, I looked at it and I thought about it for a while. Oh, I, we had worked around the church. They didn't pay me. But I'll tell you what, I went to church. Man, I wanted to do it. I didn't do it to earn anything. I didn't try to get the best way out of it. And he said, in this here parable, he said this, despise others. You notice the word despise? Have you ever been, a lot of people despised in church by somebody else? And you let it hurt them. You let it hurt you. You dropped out and said, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. You always try to find an excuse. Now, we talked here about a few things of people that in the world. Hello? So, as I was looking at it, I was thinking about it. Despise others. I've been despised a lot. But that didn't bother me. I just walk off and just say, well, that's the way they are. Then Jesus said, two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, the other a publican. So we know two men. It is an illustration. He didn't give a name, but it is an illustration. He said two men went and when I look at this, I would think, oh, that's a good thing. They know where to go. Both men knew where to go. You go to the house of God if you want to pray. And the Bible makes it very clear. You have a Pharisee, you have a publican. When I first started out preaching, every time I looked at that word publican, 
I was preaching a sermon, you know, I was just young, just more have been saved a couple uh, of weeks, months or so, and I had a call, and uh, I went up there, and I preached, and I came home, and I, I was invited to preach, and my, my, my wife said, Bill, you should have never said that, and I said, what do you, what, 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 what you mean? She said, you shouldn't have used that word the way you did. You're going to get a lot of people mad at you. I said, what do you mean? She said, there wasn't a Republican bill. Well, who said that? And she said, you said that. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I did make that statement. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, most of the people in the church were poor people. You know what I mean? Whoa! Hey, man! Hey, man, brother! You know? <laughs> well, you know, Republicans go to heaven, too. Democrats can go to heaven. Republicans can go to hell. Democrats can go to hell. And I want to tell you, one place you lined up in hell, you will learn how to pray. And you won't have to worry. You'll be praying, praying, praying. And the devil will tell you at that time... Too late, boy. Too late, girl. It's over. So we know from this text that they went to church, and they are to go to a place of worship. Now, when I look at this, and I'm reading it, a lot of people think, well, they went into the tavern. No, no, they went into the courtyard. Woo, glory, hallelujah. They went in the courtyard, and they had a need. And they knew where to go. They went in there and they prayed. And they're praying. As I said, I've been in churches where people prayed. And everybody had different different needs. And that's why I mentioned some of these things at the beginning. Amen. They had a need. So they went to the right place. You could say they're going to the right source. They're praying for the right reason. And somebody will stop and say, Whoa, yeah. A Pharisee and the other, a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thou with himself. You get that? He's praying with himself. He's going to lay out his prayer. He's not praying to God. He's praying with himself. He's looking around and he can see other people in there. And as he turned around, he spied a publican, a tax collector standing there. And he had something to say. What did he say? Well, somebody looked and said, what did he say? This is what he prayed. He stood and he prayed Thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. Extortioner, he would say, I don't cheat nobody. Hello? Unjust, I'm not unjust. I treat everybody fair. Oh, yeah. Adulterer? I am not an adulterer. I don't cheat on my wife. And he's standing there and praying. Or even, now here it comes, or even this publican. 
this tax collector. You notice he looked for him and found him. And when he looked at him, now he's telling God how good he is. I'm self-sufficient. I don't steal, I don't murder, I don't commit adultery. I'm not, I'm not even a thief like a tax collector. So he sat there and he said, I will be accepted in all the things I do. You ever been there thinking you can earn your way to heaven? Listen to what he said. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes. All that I possess. So he laid it out. Only what it was, he laid it out. And you know how high his prayer went? You see the ceiling here. The prayer went that high and came back down. He prayed with himself. He just now stood there and let everybody in the courtyard know how good he was. And you even get better. I'm not even, I'm, I'm not even like a tax collector. There. Now, somebody said, that man is going to go to heaven. Hello? That man is going to go to heaven. Now the Bible makes a statement and it says, and the publican standing afar off. That means he's probably standing. He just came through the gate and he's standing there because everybody's looking down on him. Everybody, him, because they consider him a traitor to the Jewish religion, to the Jewish people. He's in the back. He don't even feel worthy to walk up toward the front or anything. Or far off and would not lift up his eye. Yeah, lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven. He recognized he was not fit to stand in the presence of God. He wasn't even fit to look up. He kept looking down. He heard what the Pharisee said. Everybody else in, the, in that place, listen there, come there to pray, they heard what they said, what he said. About him. Should this man ever get saved? I mean, he just got run down. Just got shot. He just got told to everybody he's not even fit to be in the same place where we are, where I am. It's something you look at and something you wonder and something you might say. Standing afar, would not lift up so much as his eyes to heaven. But he did something 
that the Pharisee didn't do. I said he did something. The Pharisee. He smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He repented and asked God to forgive him of his sins. That's a hard thing for people to do, to stand up and say that I'm a sinner. I'm going to go to hell. The only hope I have, he could point and say, I steal, I rob, I commit adultery, I do all this. But he did. When he came into the presence of God, he desired that he needs God in his life. I sat on the back row of a little country church, and when the Lord came and the Holy Spirit came along and talked to me, I just stared at the floor, and I thought, all I can do is throw myself on the mercy of God. And that's what he did. He didn't say that he was better than anybody else. He felt deal. Now, and Jesus made the statement, he lifted his eye. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Standing in that place of prayer, the Pharisee. Jesus said, publican went home justified because he came there because he had a need. Nobody else could meet his need, only God. And when he beat his chest and he said, be merciful to me, a sinner. The book of Romans was pinned down by a Pharisee. A Pharisee that had the same attitude as this man. I thank God of Abraham and circumcised all the way down. Paul gave what he was. I have no reason to boast on anybody else. Well, Paul got knocked to the ground and he found out that wasn't good enough. Paul thought himself better than Pharisee, publican over there. But see, what did he do? Well, he bare record, false record on Stephen. He had Christians put in jail, killed. That sound like a man going to go to heaven? No. But when he met the Lord Jesus Christ on the road and got knocked off of his feet onto the ground, he realized, I missed it someplace. And he got converted because he put in Timothy, 
I'm the chief among sinners. He became humble. He knew, because he, in the book of Romans, he says in the 5th and 6th chapter, the things that he, he didn't want to do, he said he did. Basically, he said he did everything this man, Pharisee, said, and didn't make it. It doesn't make any difference. You'll come one way, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. And there is no other way. No religion will ever take you to heaven but Jesus Christ. Peter said in Acts, there's no name given under heaven whereby man may be saved. But Jesus is that man. So when I look at this text and I can see at it, how do you go home justified? Well, very simple. You trust God and you repent of your sins. I, I repented of my sins. I said, Lord, I said, oh, and say, it will change your life. And you will come to know Him, serve Him rest of the days of your life. This morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity, some people, know, always somebody in church that don't know God, they got cold, and they think they can't come back, they think God can't forgive them. The blood of Jesus, amen, can forgive anybody. Hello, I said anybody. In this church, there is an altar, and that altar is for you. It's for you to find a place to meet God. The publican went to the right place. The Pharisee went to one was so burdened down with sin and the other was so proud of myself. And they both had one thing wrong with it. The Bible said, all have sinned. All sin. And come short of the glory of God. Jesus died for every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, for you. You need to realize, like the publican, hit your chest. I'm not even worthy to lift my eyes up. Lord, forgive me, a sinner. That's what you do. You let him into your life. Yes, sir. This morning, I like everybody. Let's stand as we dismiss.